Hello, hello, I'm Colin Green and you are listening to Spike Pit, episode 138, The Rescue of the Chaotic Watcher. So you may well be at this point asking yourself, what is The Rescue of the Chaotic Watcher? Well, wait no longer, I have the answer for you. It is a randomly generated episode title. (laughs) Because I didn't know what to call this episode. I'm answering some um, call-ins and some questions from the question I posed about the Ask the AMA, the Ask Me Anything. And Ray Otis pointed out that I hadn't done my um, randomly generated tavern names for a while. I used to close out the show with a randomly generated name and then I thought well instead of coming up with a a sort of a lame episode title that's no use to anyone why not put a random title to the episode and perhaps it will spark off some creative energy for a listener somewhere so I'm going to do these going into the future now I quite like the idea um hopefully it doesn't throw anybody off too much and um Hope you enjoy them. And I should say that's from Sharp Swords and Sinister Spells. I think it's the addendum book. It's uh, yeah, a random adventure title generated by uh, Diogo Nogueira. And Diogo does some awesome tables in his books. So um, yeah, check them out if you haven't already. Hey, Colin, it's Whisk, and I tell you what, it's hard to beat skeletons. They really, really, they really are cool, and Harryhausen, the best. Hey, Colin, just listened to your three favorite monsters, and I think our lists are almost identical. I think the only thing I would flip around is, and that would be tough, too. I think I might do uh doppelgangers number one and then goblins number two but it sounds like uh our our campaigns would be very similar in a lot of ways because i i those are my three probably my three three favorite ones too and then ray harryhausen skeletons best thing in the world can't beat it all right looking for your next next episode take care colin a call in there from team goffridge mr and mrs Thanks for that, guys, and sounds like the skeletons have got some love in your household. And funnily enough, I was listening to Swordbreaker with Logan, and it seems that Arfed's called in, and he's a big fan of skeletons as well. I just uh, So it's some stuff you find out about your own family. I guess you could skeletons in the cupboard. <laughs> oh, wow, can't believe I went there. Um, let's move on, eh? <laughs> Hey Colin, this is James Richards again. I forgot why I really called, which was to respond to uh, the Three Monsters episode. Uh, I love goblins too, so I'm with you. More goblins. Alright, have a good day. Yes indeed, James. More goblins. And uh, glad we've got another goblin fan to join the throng. Uh, I was actually listening to... um, Swordbreaker today, and there was a call in from who is it from? Oh, a grazing mace, J.E. Shields, I want to say. And he was talking about the uh, 
uh, an RPG product, the name of which escapes me, where the halflings and uh, where the halflings can give birth to goblins, and the goblins can sometimes give birth to halflings. So the two races kind of live side by side, and then when they're going to give birth, they like sneak off to a secret place, and there's sort of representatives from both interested parties. And if if a if a halfling is born of a goblin or a goblin is born of a halfling, they swap over and and carry on their existence, um, avoiding all the shame of being an outcast, etc. And I thought this was a really cool idea. I'm actually thinking to come up with a an excuse for introducing something like that into one of my campaign worlds. I, I don't think I'd. You know, you, you could drop that into the realms if you wanted to. Say, like, my 5e campaign at the moment is in the realms, and I might just drop this in as a as a quirky little thing in an isolated area because uh, I'm all for that. I, I, I don't bother with the, um, uh, the canon and all the lore. I've said it before, you know, if I want to change something, I'm just going to do it, and I love that idea. It's very cool. And it... Listen, if you're not uh, checked out Swordbreaker, check out Logan Howard on Swordbreaker. And uh... Hey, Colin. Uh, just recently, earlier today actually, listened to your Sunday Spike Pit. And uh, it was a lot of fun. So I had a question. The uh, Robin of Sherwood TV series, was that the one from the 80s with Michael Prade and Jason Connery? in the title roles so yeah i was just curious um i had a friend in high school that would watch it um i could never find it but <laughs> he, he was watching it he was probably ordering it somewhere or whatever so alrighty, uh great listening to your stuff keep it up and all right go robin of sherwood take care bye yeah jim Awesome, awesome. Robin Sherwood, the man who was just on, Tim Shorts and myself, we share a love of this old, well, it's an English TV series from back in the 80s. And, yeah, you're right. We were talking about the one with uh, Jason Connery, who was the second Robin, and then the original Robin was Michael Prade, who went on to star in Dynasty, I believe. So, um, wow, yeah, I'm... Working my way back through those. I, I was watching them when I was on my cross trainer, but now I'm I'm back full speed ahead with the gardening work. It's that time of year. The cross trainer gets pushed to one side because with an active job, the last thing I want to do is spend an hour in the evening um, cross training. It's not required. I need to, if I do anything, I need to conserve my energy. Yeah, if you can, I don't know how you get it. You can get Robin Sherwood on DVD, but as far as online or through um, streaming services, I, I don't know. I can't help you with that one, mate. But there are some great classic episodes. Uh, oh, I just love it. Can't say enough good about it. And on the subject of nostalgia, we're here again from The Happy Whisk. I might have to call this the Goffridge episode. Hey, Spike Pit, it's Whisk, and I just got done listening to you and Frank T. do your duo podcast, calling back and forth, pretty cool. And I gotta say, 
nostalgia. It's it was when Frank T was talking about nostalgia in game, and even not just in game, it just amazes me overall how much nostalgia has power. Like it just has so much power, and 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 I don't know. It's it's an interesting thing. All right, that's all I got. All right, I'm making some soup. I'm going back to work, and I will see you later. Whisk out. Thank you for your kind words, Ivy, and I'm glad you enjoyed the episode with Frank. Hopefully, we've got some more coming up in the future. I'm not sure how that's going to go. We'll probably release it on Frank's liner notes and then maybe down the line do another one and we'll just alternate between releases on Spike Pit and uh, Frank T's liner notes podcast, which, if you haven't heard it, is awesome. Also, Ivy there, like you, like she said, she's off to make some soup. Ivy's got a YouTube channel, The Happy Whisk. Uh, she's on MeWe all the time. She's calling in all the anchorites and, uh, yeah, nostalgia. It's got a lot of power and a lot of power to part people with their cash, I've noticed. Um, Kickstarter seems to lean pretty heavily on the nostalgia and um, it, it's kind of... I did a whole episode on nostalgia a good while back in the uh, the old uh, past episode of Spike Pit, and I, I have mixed feelings around it. Not that it's not fun and everything, but sometimes um, I can get a little bit melancholy when I start going down a nostalgia road. I quite that's why I quite like getting into this new, the new thing, the five E thing, and kind of making. Somebody said back on the um, the original episode, I did something about making your new memories today and, and like focusing on the day that we're in. And I, I, I definitely, you know, I like the idea of that mentality. But it is nice to relive some of those old glory days a little bit with with your second childhood, or well, <laughs> probably never left my first childhood, if I'm honest. Hey, Spike Pit, Evil Jeff here. You you have created something new. First, there's pulling a Jackson, and now because of you, we can say you know somebody's going to pull a Joe, or you know go Joe the lawyer on you, because I mean that was hilarious that episode. Nine call-ins. It's awesome, awesome. And I think honestly, only Joe could have done it, and it would only been that way. But you said ask you anything. So, I had to think about it for a bit. What would I ask you? I also wanted to keep it on point. So, I really can't ask you why a mouse when it spins. So, how about you go into your past and tell us what is your least favorite character type to play? Or character types? That'd be interesting to hear. Later. Hey, Jeff, man. I know, right? Nine callings. Wow. Wow, Joe was on a proper roll there, but I'm glad you found it amusing. I didn't know what else to do with it, if I'm honest. I mean, it, I, I couldn't really fit it into another episode, and it, it was funny. And uh, I wanted to kind of keep it clean because I've got family and stuff listening. So, yeah, i just come up with this idea of the After Dark thing, and, you know, maybe there'll be more. <laughs> Probably every time Joe calls in, <laughs> even when he even when he cleans up his act. <laughs> Oh, hilarious. Yeah, it's good fun. Awesome. And glad you liked it. Now, the question is an easy one and well-timed. What 
character, uh, what characters or classes, races, whatever, what characters do I least like playing? And if we're talking about d and I'm going to pick on BX and I'm going to pick on the Thief. Uh, oh. Back in the day, I used to play Thieves and I can't for the life of me think why. We used to run them a bit differently. I think uh, we nicked some of the stuff out of the Rogues book in 2nd edition AD&D, jammed it in with our Mensa stuff in the way that you can do or in the way that you can only seem to do when you're... Uh, a youngster learning the game when you get a bit older you sort of think you're a bit wiser and you you don't want to mix this stuff up too much perhaps perhaps the anchorites are not a good example of that we do tend to mash stuff up but anyway i digress yeah the bx thief the what the the, the gripe i've got with it is i, I don't like the pretend the percentile system i think if i could Maybe pinch the the variant that Dyson Logos had in one of his Dyson's Delves, where the thief skills are translated to the the D6, and uh, it could fall in line with the other stuff. But I find you kind of you're just a bit rubbish from from the word go. You've got low hit points. You go out there. You've got to you know kind of try and. Try and find where well, you're expected to be the person finding the traps and everything, and you're just not really very good at it. And the survivability is desperate. I can't imagine why anybody who was so bad at finding and removing traps would actually set about doing it. Um, it just seems a crazy thing to me. I, I just. I can't believe it. I hate how they're done. I really do. And, um, oh, yeah. I'm not playing them anymore, really. I'm sorry for anybody who likes them, but, man, they, they, they wind me up. Oh, yeah, and the other thing is you don't even really get to roll your own dice because most DMs are going to want to roll certain checks because, you know, if if you fail on... Attract detection, for example, and you know you've failed, then you're not going to go any further. If you think you've succeeded and there's no trap there, then you know you're going to carry on. So, you know, it needs it needs. We all know that we all know the dilemma. It it needs the DM to kind of maintain some sort of secrecy or come up with another way of doing it. And there are there are various options and, and that's all well and good. But I've just if I'm honest, I've just got a bit fed up with it really. And probably probably the answer to it is, because I don't like to be just really negative, is I guess I would just maybe try and make them a, a bit better out of the gate. But then, you know, everybody will be up in arms about that as well. So probably just best if I go with a 5e rogue. And uh, I actually quite like them. Because I think you've got... You're not necessarily a thief. That's the other thing. That's, that's it. I nearly forgot. Who, in their right mind, employs a thief, as it were? You know, you don't go, oh, we're going looking for treasure. Who should we take? Oh, let's take a greedy tow rag who's going to rob us at every opportunity. Who does that? 
That's just crazy. And you could say, oh, yeah, but they're a specialist. They've got these skills of doing things. No, they haven't. They're rubbish. They're rubbish, and they're going to nick all your money. Get out of my face, thief. You're a thieving toe rag, and you're not coming on my adventure. Get out of it. Hey, good day, Colin. It's Vance. Hey, um, quickly, uh, first of all, hope your uh, son did well at golf. It sounded like he was exceeding his expectations and pretty proud of himself. Um, and then secondly, um, I just uh, sent you a link through Courtney Campbell's blog on simplifying 5E. Um, and I sent the link through uh, MeWe Chat. So take a look at it. Uh, see if it's something that uh, tickles your fancy. Anyway. Um, have a good week and uh, talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Great to hear from you, Vance. And in other news, yeah, Luca, my eldest son, he did well in the golf. He made the cut. He got. He came in 13th in the end, which was amazing. He was against sort of uh, guys who play for the England team. So, you know, he was a, a, basically a rank outsider. A lot of people that started in, I mean, it was a scratch tournament, so you didn't get your handicap. He plays off uh, eight points something now, but he went into that tournament playing off at nine. So um, he was a late in entry. Somebody got injured, so he was able to enter. And a lot of the guys who play off a lower handicap didn't do half as well as him. He, he played under his handicap he thoroughly enjoyed it. Four days of solid golf. I didn't know how he would manage that from a sort of stamina point of view, but he took it all in his stride. And yeah, we're really pleased with how he got on. Got another tournament coming up soon, so maybe I'll keep you posted. And um, as for the pairing down the 5e, I checked out that Courtney Campbell article. And um, yeah, it's interesting stuff. Quite a few ideas that... Uh, I was sort of thinking along the lines of myself, really, if I'm honest. But, um, yeah, thanks for that, Vance, and thanks for the call-in, and I hope you're well yourself, man. Wow, the time really gets away from you when you're, when you're having fun and doing your podcast. Good grief. Thanks to everybody who called in. I've got a, quite a range of different topics and questions there. A little bit of a change from... The, the recent D&D chat, the 5e chat, so hopefully that's a bit of a palate cleanser for you folks. But I will be getting back to some of that nitty-gritty stuff in the future. Thanks to my patrons, uh, all the guys, the pit crew over on the Spike Pit Patreon. Thanks for your generosity and ongoing support. You're keeping Spike Pit going and growing. And I mentioned this briefly to Ivy, it really is inspiring to sort of see people kind of join in the cause and give me a little bit of a, a helping hand especially with the creativity there's something about you know having this like little little crew behind you it, it motivates you to to do a bit more and keep a keep a steady course as it were so yeah thanks guys and of course last but not least to you the listener for taking a little bit of time out of your day to listen to old Spike Pit. I thank you. Now, take care and I'll catch you later. <laughs>